Hello and welcome to the Autism in Real Life podcast. In each episode, you'll get practical strategies by taking a journey into the joys and challenges of life with autism. I'm your host, Ilya Walsh, and I'm an educator and a parent of two young adults, one of which is diagnosed on the autism spectrum. Join me as I share my experience and the experiences of others so that we may see the unique gifts and talents of individuals on the autism spectrum fully recognized. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Uh, this is Ailey again, and I wanted to just take a moment um, to say hi. Uh, it's been a little bit since I checked in and um, was, you know, wondering how everyone was doing. Uh, and, you know, especially as um, for us here in, uh, in the U.S., Thanksgiving is coming up. But I do know that holidays in general are coming up. Um, and there's so much uh, happening right now. Uh, with, you know, with COVID and uh, social distancing, but many people are really missing their families and friends and wanting to connect. And so um, I figured I would touch base and then um, talk a little bit about maybe some strategies that, you know, maybe, you know, again, a lot of my strategies and suggestions uh, are not just for people with autism. I think it's for everyone. This can be a particularly overwhelming time of the year in general. Uh, but this year, I think it's particularly um particularly special in that way. Um, but for many, maybe it's maybe it's a little bit of a blessing, can take a little bit of a break um, and, you know, simplify a little bit. So, you know, a couple things I wanted to address, of, co of course, uh, there's COVID um, and um, some social expectation pieces and sensory overload and, um, you know, this, this heightened anxiety that, um, you know, we might be feeling around this time too. So, um, you know, the holidays can be stressors in general, uh, just because of all the things that, you know, we feel we have to get done and all the, p the events we might be attending. And again, this is, has been historical. Um, and so, you know, this year, maybe that could be a little bit lessened because some of those things won't be, um, won't be happening. Um, but I think the thing to remember about holidays and, um, you know, getting together with family and friends, if you're able to do that, is, uh, is connection. You know, we really need to think about uh, managing our loneliness and connection can do that. Um, it gives us a sense of belonging. Uh, and the holidays also give us a chance to engage in, you know, historical traditions. Uh, and that's something that, you know, many people might feel is missing this year. And, you know, um, again, this year is going to look uh, very different for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, with that, um, there could be some challenges, uh, especially for some people who, you know, really like their traditions and are used to things happening a certain way um, and really appreciate that. And that's not, you know, those with autism is not different. Um, there might be very specific things that we've done and traditions we've created that might change this year. So we kind of need to talk about 
about setting those um, expectations. So one thing, you know, as, as we move into this conversation a little bit, um, when we're talking about uh, just let's let's just hit it in the front, which is COVID in general, we need to think about, you know, that what what is our comfort level? And what is it that we're looking at? Um, what are our local guidelines telling us? Um, our state, our, you know, maybe it's even smaller, maybe it's your city or your town, depending. Um, and then what are the national, um, you know, guidelines and, uh, you know, restrictions that are being placed? And how can we work around them, work with them, um, navigate that and plan for that? So um, so that's something else to think about. Um, the other thing is, is your comfort level might be different than and your family's comfort levels, um, maybe extended family, or your friends' comfort levels, or work colleagues, um, or maybe different community locations. So um, again, this is going to vary from person to person, from family to family. So um, I would suggest, you know, really talking about those things up front and um, being really clear about where everyone is at. Uh, the other piece to consider is assessing health risk, right? So how many people would you be thinking of getting together with or would there be at another place? Um, I hear some people are going you know, finding a place to go out for Thanksgiving because it's just maybe a smaller family group than they would normally have. Um, so they'll go to a place that's having a Thanksgiving dinner. Um, but again, noticing whether the number of people there will make them comfortable, you know, is it staggered timing, things like that? Um, or are we more comfortable just having an intimate, you know, dinner at home? Um, or maybe there's a small amount of family coming. So, you know, again, these are all, <laughs> there is no right answer answer here. Um, and I think something we have to be mindful of is not placing uh, judgment on other people about what their choices are. This is very similar to, um, you know, going back to school, right? Is it a hybrid model? Is it a face-to-face model? Is it, um, you know, all online? And, and again, not one answer works for any one student or for any one teacher or for any one school or for any one community. So this is a very um, personal type of, you know, kind of question, in my opinion. Um, so uh, again, you want to make sure that uh, what, you know, what are the level of interaction is going to be? Uh, you know, what's your proximity to others? Um, take the proper safety precautions. I think we all know <laughs> what those are right now. Um, is everyone going to wear a mask? Is Are we going to um, wear gloves? Is that a comfort piece for us as well. Uh, how far apart are we going to sit or, you know, stand? Um, but again, with all of this stuff said, I think the, the biggest piece here is communication, you know, communication with our loved ones and those we want to spend time with so that we're all on the same page. And we might not, um, we might not be happy with what other people's decisions are sometimes, um, but we love them and we honor them. And so we want to make sure that everyone is comfortable and that we meet everyone's comfort level um, the best that we can. So you know, again, it's having those open conversations. And you're going to hear me talk about that a lot as I move through this. Um, You know, another thing to think about is given this, you know, kind of COVID time, is try to keep as many traditions as you can. Um, Even if it's small ones, maybe it's you use certain plates, or maybe you put up certain decorations. Um, You know, try to keep as many things as you can consistent, because that will help everyone um, 
um, still, you know, honor the holiday that you're celebrating and honor um, that it is still a special time and it's a time to, um, again, connect with family and keep those traditions. Um, and it also might be a good time to start a new tradition. Maybe you add something in that you haven't done or you haven't been able to do because maybe your holiday kind of is a little different this time than it normally would be. So think about starting something new and adding something simple and new in. Um, of course, all of this um, kind of goes with heightened sense of anxiety, which is where we're at right now. I think this is pretty uh, universal that everyone is generally a little more anxious. Um, but you know, anxiety kind of creeps up before the holidays <laughs> with all the prep and all the things that we have to get done and people we need to connect with. And, um, you know, maybe there's decorating and there's cards and gifts or it depends on the holiday and how you celebrate it. But there's always this like stuff that needs to get done beforehand. And some of it is also anticipation of the actual holiday itself or how you're celebrating the holiday. Um, and then once we get there, there's the holiday itself or the event itself. Like who are we with? With and how is that going to get navigated and how we manage the day? Um, and then there's after the holidays, right? Sometimes there's a little bit of a letdown um, or perhaps there's... Um, you know, having to clean up from everything and having to put stuff away. And, uh, and and maybe if you had a really good connection with friends and family and then everyone kind of, you know, disperses and goes back, um, that can be particularly, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, feel a little melancholy after. I know that happens to me sometimes. Um, but some things to think about is setting realistic expectations for this year. Uh, again, you know, what is it that we can commit to? What is it that's a stretch this year? Can we simplify certain things? Um, you know, and what is the essence of what's really important for celebrating uh, the, the holiday uh, that's, that would be coming up for you? Um, Self-compassion, that's a big one. So if we're going to try and set realistic expectations, we need to be compassionate with ourselves in those decisions and say, you know what, this is good enough or this is okay. Um, and we're still going to have a holiday. We're still going to have fun. Um, I know I can get into my lists. Anyone who's listening and that knows me, um, knows that I keep a good set of lists for a lot of events uh, or things that I'm doing. Um, and I, I enjoy very much crossing them off. Um, but, you know, sometimes there are things I'm just not going to get to. And I say to my husband, oh, my gosh, I didn't get to all these things. And he's like, the holiday is still going to come whether you do it or not. <laughs> so I can choose whether I want to give myself some compassion and, you know, allow myself to enjoy the holiday regardless of if I didn't get to everything on my to-do list. Um, so that's something to think about. Uh, Self-care as well, you know, before, uh, same thing, during and after, um, you know, it's important to find what those strategies are for you. Um, so, of course, you know, some things uh, that I like to keep in check are um, therapy appointments. So if you have them, sometimes during the holidays, those appointments can get a little spotty. Um, so try to keep them as consistent as you can. And if it can't be a consistent on like your normal day and time, um, try to at least be strategic about the ones you can keep. So um, set them up maybe as close to when you might uh, be seeing family or maybe being uh, at an event that might be particularly um, stressful and kind of set it up before or maybe just after or something like that. Um, again, you know, I'm uh, 
at all our therapy appointments right now are being done online. Um, so I am, you know, an advocate for trying to find that as well. The other thing is support groups. So there are a lot of online support groups. Um, you can try and find one of those. Um, or, you know, simply just a group of people that you can connect to online. Maybe it's a good friend um, or someone that you can um, just connect with and kind of help. Uh, maybe you all agree to kind of decompress with each other. Um, that could be something uh, to think about. And, you know, other anxieties that come up from holidays are uh, sensory sensitivities. And I'm going to talk about that in, in a minute. Um, executive function challenges. Uh, and then, of course, the social expectations. Um, so, you know, um, all of those things play into feeding into the anxiety on top of whatever like a normal um, baseline would be as well. So um, again, key, key is to stay connected with people. Um, you know, other strategies for managing anxiety is find maybe some quiet spaces. And you'll hear me talk about this, especially with sensory sensitivities uh, and social, um, you know, kind of social challenges. Um, finding a quiet, safe place wherever you're going to be can be really helpful. Um, taking breaks. So yes, a quiet space is a way of taking a break, but maybe it's another type of break. Maybe it's going for a walk. Um, maybe it's reading for a little while. Um, something else uh, to kind of, you know, give yourself some space. Breathing exercise uh, exercises really uh, can help. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of different ones, um, and I've talked about them previously. Um, and I actually recorded one the other day, um, and you can find that on Instagram and Facebook. But um, those, you know, those types of things can be really helpful when you're um, you know, when you find yourself in a stressful time. And I talk about breathing exercises as that's one thing that you always have with you. You have your breath and you can do a little simple breathing technique no matter where you are and people will normally not notice. So um, so it's a pretty handy tool to have. Um, movement. So I mentioned taking a walk, but Maybe it's, you know, riding on a bike or maybe it's doing a little bit of yoga or maybe it's dancing to your favorite song or something to help get some of that uh, movement going. Maybe it's just kind of shaking in place or, you know, whatever works for you. But I definitely find that a little bit of movement, especially sometimes we might be a little more sedentary <laughs> during the holidays than we would normally be. Um, so, you know, because we're sitting a lot and um, kind of talking with family or friends or what have you. Um, so think about, you know, incorporating some movement in there. And of course, special interest distractions can be really helpful. Um, whatever those are, have those on deck, however you can make them accessible. Um, because those will be, you know, in addition to a quiet space, maybe you're combining your quiet space and uh, special interest uh, break as well. Because all that stuff is going to help recharge you so that you can better manage the situations uh, and the environment that you're in. Um, so, you know, again, especially with the social piece here, um, you know, there's a lot that can happen with the holidays we have. You know, just in general, normally there's more people around. Um, you know, there's sometimes hugging and kissing. And this year, I don't know what, you know, what that brings for everybody, depending, again, on comfort level and where you are. 
are. Um, but again, think about that. And uh, especially now, you know, ask for permission. You know, I've been, I've met some friends and it's like, hey, are, are we okay with giving a hug? Or are we okay? Are we doing like the elbow bump? Or what are we doing? Are we wearing masks? And it's okay now, especially more than ever to be able to ask those questions, but definitely always ask for permission um, and respect the other person's boundaries and comfort level. Um, so if it's, if it's a no, respect that no. And it's not just I'm going to emphasize this is not just because of COVID right now, but I think it's something to be mindful of um, even when we're visiting other family members and we might not have seen, you know, one of their, you know, your cousin or you might not have seen your niece or something in such a long time. And you just want to give them a great big hug and um, and, you know, but they might feel a little awkward about it. So I'll definitely always ask before kind of diving in. Um, and I think it, I think more often than not, you'll get the yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's just a, a really nice thing to just check in before we go diving into giving that hug and that kiss. Um, I think, uh, I think it'll go a long way. <laughs> um, and also, um, you know, for children too, like we're not just talking for other adults, but even for young children, you know, asking and not just their parents, but asking them themselves. So I think we set a really good example um, for that. And uh, I would say also, um, you know, some things that we <laughs> like talking about when uh, we get together with family and friends, some of the topics can be anxiety provoking. And this can create an awkward area um, for, you know, for a social environment. Um, so some topics we want to kind of really think about that come up. Um, okay, of course, there's COVID. So that's one that will undoubtedly come up. Um, so kind of, you know, one thing I'm going to say as I go through these topics is maybe thinking about um, maybe what your response might be beforehand, um, or how you want to navigate these kinds of conversations. Um, or perhaps it's setting boundaries up front about what the conversations are going to look like. Um, and, and maybe and, and, you know, again, everyone has a different opinion. Maybe there are topics you just avoid. And we all agree as a family or as a group or friends, you know, however we're, you're getting who you're getting together with. Um, we decide we're not going to talk about certain things. <laughs> um, um, but maybe in some cases you want to talk about these things because you're finally with people that you trust and that you're connecting with. And, and now you're in a safe space to be able to have these conversations. So, again, for everyone, it's different. Uh, again, I think this is about being open and honest about expectations. So um, if we're talking about, uh, you know, let's get COVID off the table. Let's talk about that one. <laughs> if, or we say we're not going to talk about COVID. Um, other things to be mindful of is relationship status with, you know, family members. Um, you know, what about uh, friends? You know, are, have you made any new friends? Or who are all your friends? Um, or do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? Are you seeing anyone? Are you dating? Um, all of those can be really anxiety provoking <laughs> for people. People, um, in general, but again, also maybe particularly for, um, you know, our autistic uh, family um, and loved ones. Uh, so uh, other thing is asking about kids. Uh, I remember being asked so many times, when are you guys going to have kids? When are you guys going to have kids? Um, again, became a really uh, hot, you know, kind of hot button 
Um, so let's think about that before we go asking some of those things. Um, school, that's another one. You know, oh, what are you going to do when you graduate? Or where are you where are you going to college? Or how's school doing? How are classes going? Um, <laughs> again, uh, now particularly probably stressful. Um, but again, let's think about when we ask that, you know. And if we want to have those types of conversations, again, I'm not saying to avoid them. I'm saying to think about, um, first of all, why are you asking if you're the person asking? But if you're the person and getting um, asked the question, how do I expect to respond uh, and what's an appropriate response to give? Um, because it could be a hot topic. Uh, you know, um, politics, um, again, could be another, you know, hot topic. <laughs> um, and uh, religion, you know, I think we know about some of those already. Uh, and then, you know, challenges being pointed out. Sometimes that happens to, uh, especially if people notice that maybe someone isn't eating or someone isn't, um, you know, sitting with everybody else, or maybe they're hiding up in their room and people kind of tend to point those out. Um, and it's usually family members who aren't maybe spending as much time with you as like the closest people with you. So um, again, as we think about that, um, you know, we have to think about what our responses are going to be and uh, allowing space for people. I think we have to allow space. Most people are asking these types of questions uh, to engage in conversation. Um, and most people aren't asking it to be malicious. Um, so, but us as parents or as individuals um, with autism might just, you know, be pretty sensitive to some of these topics. So we need to be mindful on one hand that most people don't mean this uh, in, a, in a kind of malicious or cruel way. Uh, a lot of times it's just observations or they're experiencing something they don't normally experience. So it's new to them. So maybe we can approach it from that um, and assume that it's more coming out of curiosity and respond with, oh, well, you know, it's interesting that you notice that, you know, I'm not eating <laughs> that particular item, but um, it's just not something that I favor, you know, and I, and I think I find that, um, you know, again, we'll get into sensory sensitivities and food in a minute. Um, but again, most people are just making observations and their filter is down, which is funny because they might do those things. But then if, you know, someone with autism's filter is down, <laughs> they might call that out too. So anyway, just so, some things that, um, that I've experienced as a parent, um, you know, and there might be some things that people bring up, you know, I'm missing a couple here. Um, oh, and parenting style is one, you know, um, and cooking style is another one, like what type of foods are we preparing? Um, and, um, you know, house maintenance. So those are other topics that could come up, um, you know, during uh, a gathering with loved ones. Um, so, you know, again, uh, as, as people who might tend to ask those questions, because we all tend to ask, oh, you know, another one is careers and jobs. Um, all of these can be super heightened in general. Um, but now I think even more some of these are, are a little more, uh, can be a little more sensitive. So again, we just want to be mindful and open and honest. Um, and again, try not to place any judgment on either the question or the response. Because right now, 
what we need most is to be compassionate with each other. Um, and, and if we are just curious, it can be just like, I'm only asking because I'm curious, <laughs> you know, and so I, I just want to make sure you're okay, or I want to know if there's a way I can help. A lot of times we ask these questions because of those reasons, but we don't lead with that. Um, so maybe if that's how you're leading, maybe think about that a little bit too. Um, and, you know, again, remember that all of this time is about connection and spending time with people we care about. So instead of maybe finding topics that could possibly be perceived as, uh, you know, sensitive or um, might create some division in the group, let's find things that we can, you know, have common ground on and things that we can share. Oftentimes we engage in some of these topics because we think we have a common ground around them, but oftentimes we really don't. So let's move into things that could be a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit easy to share about. Um, other things to think about is, uh, you know, hey, can we play games? <laughs> can we find a game? Can we set up a puzzle? Um, and sometimes we can have, you know, even within a group, you can have more intimate groups. So maybe there's someone, a couple people playing a game, there's a couple people uh, at a puzzle table, um, maybe a couple people watching TV. I know sometimes this is kind of how my uh, holiday gatherings have have kind of gone in the past. Um, and that's fine. Everybody kind of has their own little thing going on. Um, and then you have these smaller, more intimate groups uh, where you can share maybe more comfortably with someone. Um, so again, another thing uh, to think about. But again, uh, sometimes it's also setting boundaries and expectations on all sides, right? So I know uh, when my kids were younger, um, I would set the boundary and expectation around the the uh, the topic that I talked about before around hugs and kisses. You know, I would say, hey, you know, I I'm okay with you giving the kids hugs and kisses, but before you come out, you know, just so you know, when you come over, that can feel a little intrusive to my kids. So could you please ask them before you do that? So I kind of pre you know preview, I pre set up. Um, with people that might be coming over. Um, I don't have to do that now because my kids can do that for themselves because they're adults. Um, but that's how, also how we start setting up, um, you know, again, that self-awareness uh, and understanding that setting expectations and boundaries for people is okay. And then we have to stick to them so that um, it's a way of caring for ourselves and what we need as well. The other thing is to allow for these quirks in conversation and conversation styles. Maybe, you know, someone might want to just talk about their special interest, and that is fine, and maybe we can find common ground on that. Um, you know, again, depending on what that special interest is. Um, or maybe we kind of do some turn-taking around special interests, so that can happen as well. Um, and also, if someone asks something that feels a little personal or feels uh, a little bit of a hot button, maybe a way to think about it is asking for clarification. Um, and this one is one that I learned from my son, um, because when he's unsure, that's something that he does, is he asks for clarification around why someone is asking the question, or what kind of, uh, what are they looking for, or what are they hoping to gain from that question. So um, I think that can be a really great way to not make an assumption about why someone is asking a question and that uh, trying not to take it too personally, um, unless, you know, as they go down the rabbit hole, maybe it is, maybe you should take it personally. I don't know. Um, but if we go back to Nomi's podcast, right, don't take anything personally is one of the four agreements. Um, so, yeah, maybe that would be a, a, a better um, 
you know, lens to look at something from. So that way you can ask and seek more clarification from what someone is uh, looking for. And the other thing around, you know, sort of this socialization piece and communication is allowing for imperfections. Um, People will, we are human. We all going to misstep. We all might say things that might not sound the way we mean them, or maybe we're we are still learning or in process of development like we all are. So allowing for imperfections in conversation and allowing for um, the humanness, I think, is something we really need to keep in mind. So um, again, uh, something else to just take. And then let's move into uh, the final piece of this, which I think happens a lot, is uh, the sensory sensitivities around the holidays. And, you know, there's can be a lot of lights, a lot of people, a lot of smells, um, you know, a lot of noises, uh, food textures, like all of that stuff comes into play here. Um, I even think about like with gift giving, um, all of the different wrapping papers and all the different decorations, um, you know, so we need to think about all of those things and how do we minimize the overwhelm uh, with some of that. You know, sometimes it's uh, choosing simple wrapping papers like just a brown, you know, paper, or maybe it's just only one wrapping paper, (laughs) or maybe it's two. Um, And so that way all of our, you know, colors kind of are simplified. Um, And again, this is just one strategy that can be helpful for people. Or sometimes, you know, wrapping paper, if we move off of this a little bit with executive functioning and maybe fine motor, uh, wrapping gifts for people with autism is not always an easy thing. Um, And so maybe instead, uh, also unwrapping them can be challenging as well, because of the same reasons. So maybe instead, we think about gift bags, it's like a great invention, and then you can reuse them over and over again. (laughs) Um, So, you know, again, simple, sometimes just a simple shift um, can be can be something there are also I know people who just don't wrap gifts, they just exchange gifts unwrapped and like, hey, we we know we're giving each other gifts, so why wrap them just to have trouble unwrapping them? Um, so just give each other gifts. Um, other ways about gifting, you know, it can be um, buying gifts can be expensive. It can be very time consuming and can be very stressful, whether you're doing it online or in person or however you choose to do that. Um, so maybe think about simplifying the gifting, too. Um, you know, and, and I know I went off on a little bit of a tangent here, but it's sort of kind of combined with the sensitive sensory sensitivity piece. Um, and so there are a lot of different options uh, with doing that. There's Yankee swaps, um, or maybe one person buys a gift for a specific person, you can pull names out of a hat, there's all different ways. Um, uh, or maybe perhaps you all decide, uh, you know, maybe not this year, <laughs> but maybe in the future, um, you pick that you're all going to go to a particular event and you all decide that that's how you want to invest the money you would normally uh, spend on gifts. So we're all going to go to a a show together or we're all going to go to a concert together. Maybe we'll all travel to this one place together. Um, So that can be another way of simplifying the gifting process. Um, So um, moving back into the sensory sensitivities, um, you know, 
the the biggest thing I think sometimes is uh, we make so many different types of food. So there's baking and there's roasting and, <laughs> you know, there's um, stovetop cooking and maybe there's, you know, you're cooking for multiple days. And so the scents all start to get together. And for me, this is a big sensory button for me. Um, I make sure that I keep to my... Um, especially my bedroom door closed, because uh, that way I know my bedroom specifically will not have, or is less, I should say, less likely to have all of those strong smells in there. And I'm particularly sensitive uh, to smells. So I try to keep my bedroom door closed. And so I actually try to keep all of the bedroom doors closed so that those smells don't leak in there. Some people love it and that's great. Um, Other people, I also like sometimes my hair will start smelling like that. And so then I have to make sure I'm mindful about keeping my hair away and up um, so that maybe that minimizes that. Um, Changing clothes to keep the smell on the clothes. So again, like I said, that one's particular for me. Um, So I have come up with some strategies around that. So those might be a couple that uh, might be helpful for you as well. Um, Another thing is uh, sounds. So again, we can use earbuds like we've talked about before or um, headphones, uh, whatever works. Again, again, finding that quiet space can be something really good too. Um, So things around food again, I know, I know I keep coming back to that one. Um, But you know, there's a tradition uh, oftentimes around what types of foods we serve at different holidays. And, you know, for uh, right now, Thanksgiving's coming up. So, right, the expectation is there's a turkey and there's stuffing and mashed potatoes and gravy and certain things that we all expect. Um, and then sometimes some of us incorporate um, foods from our, you know, our ethnicity. So I have some Puerto Rican food that goes in there as well. And maybe there's some tradition from my husband's side. So there's like some Irish things that are particular to his family. So we've tried to blend all of these things together. But of course, now we have a Thanksgiving that has eight side dishes and (laughs) a turkey. And then we find out a lot of people don't really even like the turkey. So now we have a ham. And (laughs) so it can get uh, it can get a little crazy sometimes. So there are a lot of food options. And sometimes the, the too many options can be very overwhelming to the senses. Uh, so some strategies that I've enlisted is instead of putting all of the food on the table where we're going to be sitting to eat, I put the ta- the food on a separate table um, and or in a separate area so that it's not sitting right on the table. And so we get all of our food and then we sit down at the table, which is pretty um, simple and clean. Uh, like me, clean meaning like, you know, it's, there's not much stuff on there other than the plates. Um, and then if you want more food, you just go back into the other room and get the food or go to the other table and get the food. So that way we don't have all of those things sitting in front of us. Um, the other thing is, is maybe some of the foods that we serve are not friendly to some people, you know, this also takes into account allergies um, and food preferences as well. So we really need to be mindful that there's something for everyone. It helps people feel like they're included and they've been, uh, and I'm, I'm, I guess I'm talking here from a host perspective. Um, but right, I know that uh, many of uh, people that I've worked with, the foods uh, sometimes can just be too much or they're just not preferred foods. So, you know, a simple fix is let's make sure that there's something that everyone can eat because that would be really helpful for most people. Um, And then everyone feels like they don't have to be that one person that doesn't eat, 
you know, all the things. Um, and also, if it's something else, I remember uh, my son was really little, maybe three or four, and was not really into the turkey stuffing, like mashed potatoes, none of that. Um, but he wanted a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I was pretty much like, no, he's going to eat turkey like everybody else. And my father-in-law was like, no, let's let the kid eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. If that's what he'll eat, let him eat it. (laughs) And it's so logical now (laughs) looking back. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's sort of what we need to think about is saying, you know, eat what we want and let's be comfortable with that and pick what we want. And for some people, maybe the traditional Thanksgiving meal isn't even the meal that they're going to want to eat. Maybe they just want to eat something else, and that's totally fine. Come up with what works for you. Now, if you're someone going to someone else's house, something to think about always, um, and I've been on modified diets and things, um, bring something you can eat. Uh, that's your offering to the to the meal, right? Bring a couple things that you know you definitely like and will enjoy, um, and then just share it with everybody else. So that's another strategy um, that that can be helpful for you as well. Um, And, you know, I think um, if, uh, you know, being being uh, ready for all of this holiday stuff, it does feel uh, a little overwhelming, I would say, um, one last piece as part of maybe the sensory piece, and maybe some of the executive functioning piece, maybe we're tying them all in here as I I start to wrap up is, you know, at the end, it's all about, um, we talk about, well, what are we going to wear? And I know when my kids were little, one of the things we would focus on is, oh, we need to get that the right dress or the right outfit for the kids to wear for the holidays. Um, and uh, it was it was great fun for me at first, and it was always fun for grandparents to see the kids dressed up in a particular way. Uh, it was it was fun when they were little, um, but you know now <laughs> we're like, can we just stay in our pajamas and like that can be Thanksgiving? Um, and I think maybe this year that would be particularly something. But uh, I guess like as a as a final piece around um, you know kind of tying up the holiday thing. Is let's be really mindful about what brings us comfort and what brings us um, sort of a sense of safety and security. And if getting dressed up in those holiday clothes is not the thing or putting the hair in, uh, you know, setting up that hair a certain way, whether it's in the right braids or the right ponytail or the right um, setting those curls or making sure you use product in the hair so that the hair stays just right. Um, Let's think about that for a moment um, for our kids, if you're a parent, or for ourselves, if we're doing it to ourselves. Um, And maybe it's not about all of that stuff. Now, on the other hand, if that makes you feel good and your kids feel good about that and it makes people feel like they're getting in the holiday spirit, then by all means, go for it. Then have fun with it. Um, But I think what I'm saying here as sort of a summary for the whole holiday thing is as you make your choices about what you're, you know, doing for the holidays and how you're spending them, key things are connection, um, building tradition, uh, keeping tradition, uh, and again, you know, just spending quality time with the people that we care about. So think about whether all the other things that we do around the holidays fit into that paradigm. If it does, for you, and it brings you all joy, um, and it brings your family joy, then go for it. If it's something that's a source of stress, 
and it's not honoring the sense of building uh, community, building connection, and celebrating with each other, um, and being thankful for all of you being together, um, then maybe it's something we let go. I don't know. Um, so thank you so much for listening in uh, today, and I hope you have some wonderful holidays coming up uh, and enjoy time with uh, the people you care about and the people you love. And uh, I'll talk to you all soon. All right, take care. Thanks for listening to Autism in Real Life. This is Elia Walsh, and if you like the show, please hit subscribe so you can get notified each time a new episode is released. Also, if you join our email list at thespectrumstrategy.com, you can get a code to attend one of my online courses for free. See you next time.